0: And welcome back to the CU Insight Network. My name is Randy Smith. I am one of the co founders of CuInsight.com, also the host of the CU Insight Experience podcast. And it is my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who help support the credit union community to identify some issues that are affecting all credit unions. Have a discussion on best practices, and you know, hopefully, we can gain a few nuggets to learn from and make our credit unions better places. My guest on today's show is Derek Kraus. Derek is the co-founder of Bloom CU, and I, I would just love to jump into the conversation. Derek, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. Excited to be here.
0: Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you. It has been too long, my friend. Uh, I'd like to get a little background first to let other people get to know you. you know, most of us didn't grow up saying, yeah, someday I want to work in credit unions. What did you want to be? What did a young Derek want to be when he was growing up? And what was the, the motivation or the inspiration to start Bloom CU?
1: Yeah, well... <laughs> I, when I was nine years old, I started playing football, and I got this idea in my brain that uh, I wanted to be an NFL quarterback. Turns out I don't quite have the physique of a uh, professional football player or <laughs> or even a college football player, so those, uh, those dreams ended in high school. <laughs> uh, it was a fun dream while it yeah. lasted.
0: Oh, it's a fun way to grow up. I've told people on the other podcast before that, like, I grew up wanting to be a Detroit Red Wing growing up in Detroit, but uh, that, that wasn't even close. So, you know, <laughs> maybe through high school as well. So that, anyways, it, so, and then the inspiration for starting
1: Bloom CU. Yeah, you know, so uh, initially, uh, c- credit unions, working with credit unions, really hadn't crossed my mind. So with, with my co-founder and I, I had a background in marketing. He's a really good designer. Uh, also, as, as uh, over the years, become a very good technologist, and I, I've had an interest in software and technology for for many years, going through college. And uh, we started working together, and really, we were doing digital marketing for any number of different types of companies and, and, all so- and all sorts of industries. And we ended up getting connected with a credit union, just kind of out of the blue, just a mutual connection. Yeah, uh, this is it was Box Elder County Credit Union. That's that's here in Utah, and so we worked with them. We helped them to design a website, and then Tanya, who uh, uh, is the marketing director over there, she said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna apply for a Diamond Award," and it, it won a Diamond Award from CUNA. And we were like, "What's a Diamond Award?" <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then we we looked around at other Credit unions and their websites. And we said, you know, we think there's an opportunity here to help more credit unions because we, we were coming from outside of the industry and we saw you know, what modern technology looked like outside of the world of credit unions and what modern design looked like. And uh, those are things that we felt like we could bring to the credit union space. So, and it was pretty gradual from there. We, we ended up working with. Uh, we did this crazy uh, Mexican jumping bean mailing campaign, <laughs> and that's, that's how that's how we got connected with our, our our next credit union client, which was Meridia Community Credit Union up in uh, Hamburg, New York. <laughs> and so we ended up working with them. It kind of just snowballed after that. Eventually, we said, you know what, we just want to work with credit unions because uh, we had a good experience, and it, it turned out to be a something that we wanted to pursue. So now we work with credit unions uh, in 25 different states, kind of all over and pretty fun.
0: Yeah, I think that was that's similar to most of us. It's like, hey, these credit union folks are all right, so let's uh, let's do more of that. Let's pretend right. that you and I were meeting for the first time at a conference. The old elevator pitch for the people that sure. don't know Bloom CU. You're more than just websites. What is Bloom CU, and and where do you add value to the to the credit union system overall?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, uh, really, so we we do focus on building websites for credit unions but for us it's about results driven design so you know it's it's one thing to make your website pretty and have cool technology which we do and we think is important but those are means to the end and the end is is the website actually helping the credit union to increase its loans and and get more get more accounts so for example we're we have a client called Denver Community Credit Union, and we're in the middle of some optimization work with them. And in the first phase of that, they ended up getting about twice as many leads for checking accounts. And in the second phase that we're in, there looks like uh, they'll probably double again. So by the end of it, uh, it looks like they may be generating four times as many leads for checking accounts as they were when we started. And that's that's an example of the, of the type of result that we try to create with our clients.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. I've always uh, enjoyed the conversations you and I have had. You know, as we were kind of preparing for the show, we talked about a couple of situations. And one, I mean, you just were you know, bringing up. It, so I'd like to start there. What does it look like to transform? And there's a word that kept popping in my head where it was like, is it total transformation at this point or with some of your credit union clients, I'm assuming it's kind of that enhancing the website access and the member experience and you mentioned new you know checking accounts but also new loans. I guess what does that what does that look like you know?
1: Yeah, well, I can tell you what it looks like for us. so initially when we start working with a credit union, you need to have a really the end goal is to use the website as a tool to Get more loans, accounts, deposits, members, and you know, those key metrics of how a credit union actually grows. And so, what's most important is you need a platform for continuous improvement. So, uh, when we work with a credit union, that always starts with redesigning their website initially because you, you need to be in a good starting point. You need to have a tool that you can you can use and then optimize going forward. Uh, but something that I I think is interesting when you think about the initial redesign process. Uh, so the way that most credit unions you know, historically have gone about their websites is, you know, they have a website, four or five years goes by, and the website becomes out of date. You know, there, there's there's some little enhancements and improvements that are made to the website over those four or five years. But for the most part, it goes out of date, and then they realize they need, to, they need a new website. So they do a big redesign project. And then it just repeats every four or five years. Yeah. Um, I'm laughing at that because that's what we did with the two,
0: first two versions of CU Insight, too, is two years sure. later, we're tearing the entire thing down before, you know, and it's like, if you build something you can build on, that's nice. Right. right. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll, uh, sorry to jump in. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, no, you're good. That's, that's exactly right. because So in, instead of that concept where it's like build a website, like flatline, build a website, flatline, Instead, thinking about the website you would with any other part of your marketing where it's something you want to to continuously improve and you also want to see results from. Uh, So rather than thinking of the website as just a cost, uh, what is it actually doing for us? I think that also has some implications for the initial redesign of the website where we do a lot of research and uh, we have a lot of data from uh, conversion optimization studies we've done, usability testing, things that can go into the initial redesign of the website to make some really good assumptions about how we should redesign that website. But at the end of the day, everything that you do on a website before it's launched is an assumption. Uh, because, because it's not until actually gets released into the wild (laughs) and has real interactions that you can start to measure how it's performing. So that's not to say we shouldn't give a lot of, you know, be very thoughtful and use research uh, to create a a good website initially to launch to the world. But uh, rather than agonizing over trying to get the website perfect and launching it because, you know, It's not going to get uh, a lot of attention for four or five years after that. Be thoughtful, but get the website launched and then actually measure the results and then optimize from there. So, To add on to that, how does a solid website strategy
0: just really relate to the evolution that we've seen in credit unions overall? You know what we were talking about? This digital experience that's happened over the past year is not that genie's not going back in the bottle. People aren't gonna be like, no more digital. So, like, how does having a solid strategy? You've talked about building off, you know, having a base and building off it, but what does that look like for this, you know, evolution of credit unions?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question. And something I've been thinking a bit about. So not too long ago, I I read the Innovator's Dilemma. By Clayton Christensen. Yeah, absolutely. And and I got on, your, on, on your bookshelf, so there. It's yeah. something I have been familiar with the concepts for years, and I read little pieces of it. But then I, I decided I wanted to go through and read the whole thing, and that got me thinking a lot about credit unions and and just how they're positioned in the marketplace. And uh, there's some, you know, some interesting and also concerning. Trends for credit unions. Like, for instance, uh, you know, the number of in branch visits that people are making are declining year after year. Uh, a lot of credit unions are, you know, credit unions as a whole, uh, membership is growing, assets are growing, but there are a lot of credit unions that are str- struggling to uh, grow their membership, especially with younger generations. And I uh, I think a lot of that is because historically credit unions have been able to rely on the fact that they have physical branches. They have a physical presence in their communities. And in the past, that's, that's who people banked with. They banked with people that were physically in their community, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not, uh, I'm not going to say that's not at all the case uh, today, but that, that idea is, diminishing you know much more people don't care you know, where their credit union or bank is located they don't they don't want to go into a branch they don't want to talk to someone they want to do everything mobile app or online banking and do everything digitally and i, I think what's happened with covid has helped to accelerate yeah. that uh, it was already happening but it just got accelerated so you know with with the website in that context your number one touchpoint digitally, you know. Once, once someone is a member, they're going to be going more often to online banking or maybe the mobile app. But even members will come and use the website. But especially non-members, potential members, they're not going to go to your mobile app. They're not going to online banking. So your website is, is the face of your credit union for potential members.
0: That's a question that I was really looking forward to asking you, I think ties into that perfectly is you know that that kind of other consideration when we're talking websites is you know whether it's design technology copywriting you know how do you optimize that to really i mean to convert non members to becoming members when they come to that website <laughs> right
1: <laughs> yeah and all of those things that you mentioned play a role the design the the copywriting the the technology The way that we look at it is, when someone shows up on your website, they're coming from some source and they're landing on some particular page. Most often that page is the homepage. And, but but regardless of which page they land on, there's a journey that they need to go through. So uh, someone doesn't show up and and immediately uh, completed an auto loan application, or immediately (laughs) opening a, a checking account, right? So they, that's the ultimate macro conversion that needs to happen. That's what happens at the end of the conversion funnel. But there are several so-called micro conversions that happen before you get to that point. And, you know, when we look at it, there are really five major micro conversions that lead to a macro conversion. So someone shows up on your homepage, let's say, and if they're interested in getting an auto loan, well, the very first thing that needs to happen is when they see your homepage, they need to have a good impression of your credit union that they actually want to do business with you. You know, if they bounce, then you know, game over conversion is not going to happen. So they need to have a good impression. Your navigation system needs to be intuitive so they can find the auto loan page. And then once they get on the auto loan page, they need to understand why they should get an auto loan from you as opposed to you know, any other number of financial institutions they could get it from. Uh, they need to you know, clearly understand the product. They At that point, they should move into the next little part of the experience, which is becoming a lead. You know, what's your name? What's your email? What's your phone number? So you have their contact information. Then they move into the application. Then... You know, the application needs to be very easy to complete or they're gonna, they're gonna leave uh, and, and then you know the application is completed and then they go into the funding process they're approved they're denied they accept they decline so there are lots of steps that lead up to that ultimate macro conversion and what you focus on in your design development or you know, technology copywriting, largely depends on uh, where is your greatest opportunity for improvement along that funnel. Because depending if you need to increase your navigation rate versus your application completion rate, you, you might do very different things
0: absolutely that, that's good stuff
1: uh, to wrap up the first
0: part of the show I, i'd like to ask you a couple of questions about the future and i can just say from like past conversations you and i have had i was ready to pick your brain on this one what trends are you seeing and what's bloom cu's focus kind of you know going forward when it comes to innovating to, to meet these trends and challenges that we all have in front of us
1: well i, I think we just talked about we talked about a big one already which is just you know the consumers they want digital experiences you know credit unions have threats from from fintech i think ultimately in order for credit unions to be successful they have to really do two things i think okay. one is realize that There may always be some group of people that want a physical branch in their community to go to, but for the most part, I see a future where most people don't care about that and don't want to have to go to a branch for anything. So having a digital experience that's at least on par with the other digital experiences out there, I think is essential. The other thing that has to happen is you you can do that and you can be on par digitally, but if you're just on par digitally, why would someone choose you? You, I think credit unions need to have a real competitive advantage to offer uh, because just being in someone's community may not be a sufficient competitive advantage for them to choose to to bank with you or or to the credit union with you, right? So I think a really good example is we have a client called NW Preferred Credit Union. Initially, well, I I don't, I don't know if I can say initially because they're pretty old. I don't I don't remember exactly what their field of membership was like when they started. But right, yeah. <laughs> at, at some point, you know, like in the '90s, a lot of credit unions converted into community charters, and I I think they did the same thing. They had a community charter, but then eventually. Uh, they decided to focus on working with insurance agents as their target field of membership. And they were actually the first tip charter in the nation. So trade industry profession. Oh. And uh, they, they still have part of their charter is community based, but they're really decided to focus on working with insurance agents and talent. They, they have products that are specific to insurance agents that you can't get. Like anywhere else, if you go to any, go to just a typical bank or, or credit union, you're not going to find loan products that are built sp- like a TPP loan. You're not going to find that at someplace else. They have very few competitors that specifically target insurance agents. So they, they're offering value to a specific group that gives them a, a functional competitive advantage. They have products that other people don't. And uh, I, I don't know that every credit union needs to find a functional advantage like that, but you got to have some tangible competitive advantage in um, it comes to function, reliability, convenience, uh, or real advantage in price. Saying they have good rates, you know, the rates being competitive, that's just, I don't think that's going to be enough going into the future. So I, I would say credit unions got to have a real competitive advantage and you know, they've, they've got to be on par digitally.
0: I couldn't agree more with you on that. You know, if we're all used to this seamless digital experience, if we're grocery shopping or ordering food or going to Amazon, like we expect the same thing everywhere we go. Right. Another part that you said that was interesting, the the story about the credit union that you, you just told, I, I wasn't familiar with that in. I remember having a conversation years ago with somebody at a conference and and their thought was that credit unions need to, Uh like, if you're an insurance agent, you're probably always going to be one, even if you leave all state to go to State Farm, right? Like, it's so, that idea that your career probably isn't going to change over the course of 30 years, but where you're located, who you work for, that could all change. And, And, like, I... You know, even think of myself, I've lived in four different states over the past 20 years and I still have the same credit union because there was a digital experience, right? So I, I haven't had to change that right. because of where I lived. So that, that's awesome. I, I, I love what you're saying. I, I'd like to have a little bit of fun to wrap up the show here with some rapid fire questions. The questions are rapid, your answers don't have to <laughs> be. Uh, so I'll yes. we'll give everybody a chance to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, so this is a question I never asked on the other podcast, but I added it for this one and it, I find it <laughs> freeing especially after the year that we've all been through. But has there been a recent purchase that you didn't know you needed, but now you're like, I can't live
1: without it? Oh, geez. All right, well, here's the first thing that came to mind. I don't know that I can't live without it, but my my life may not be as fun without it. So I I have a four-year-old son who's obsessed with robots. Okay. And for Christmas, my wife found him these things called circuit cubes. They're like... Legos that have motors built into them and they have... Uh, wires that connect to each other, so you can you can make robots with Legos and then control them with your phone. Yeah, it's way really fun. So she got that for him, and I think I play with it more than he does. So I love
0: it. Well, something for dad to do with his son, or just amuse yourself. That's right? you know? uh, uh, fantastic. When you hear the word success, who is the first person
1: that comes to mind, and why? You know. I guess there were a few people that just popped into my mind. I, I think of my dad. Tell us more. Why, why <laughs> pops? Why your dad? <laughs> sure. Well, my dad grew up in a, a pretty poor family. He he went from that situation where I think about some of the different uh, like phases of his life to get to where he is now. I, I remember when I was little going on college campus with him. You know, so I, I don't know that he had another person before him and his family that went to college so it went went to college and then he went and became a lumberjack for a little while so we lived we lived in alaska i guess oh, maybe wow. that's the inspiration for my tree your background. tree behind you yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no went, lauren our ceo went to alaska after college so she has an alaska oh really
1: too. yeah yeah so he so did that when, when that became a lumberjack uh um, for a helicopter logging company, interestingly enough, and then decided he wanted to become a dentist, so uh, went to dental school and ended up buying a practice afterward, and uh, has has become very successful with that. And I uh, that that's inspiring for me to think about because he, he he came from a background situation that was you know pretty humble beginnings and just from really having a uh, having ambition. Uh, Working hard, he has made made success uh, for himself. I love that answer. That's fantastic. I probably got the entrepreneurial
0: side of you from him, too, I bet. (laughs) The the random question, uh, what's the the greatest album of all time? And I've had to add, of
1: course, what's the Spotify (laughs) playlist? (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, I have a pretty wide range of music that I like. But I, I suppose I'm mostly trapped in a uh, bygone eras that I didn't even mostly didn't even live in. <laughs> I was born in '89, but I'd say most of the music I listen to is like '60s, '70s, '80s pop and rock. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I, I like lots of stuff. I, I will say though that if I had to choose a favorite genre. I grew up listening to 90s country music because that's Uh, what my mom listened to. And and so like, uh, now now some of it gets a bit twangy, which uh, I don't know that I'm a huge, huge fan of that, but George Strait, Garth Brooks, Tim McGraw, I think the best storytelling that's ever happened in music is probably in like that 80s, 90s country area. The country, seed.
0: I, I grew up on that myself from the parents. So uh, any books that either you gifted people over your life or that book that you just think everybody should read?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Maybe I need to look at my uh, Audible.
0: Well, you said The In- Inventor's Dilemma. That is a good one. That's for sure if people haven't read that.
1: So some that I've listened to uh, recently, there's a, a book called Seasteading, which I think is really interesting. I, uh-huh. I, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily endorse all of the ideas that are in there, but I think the <laughs> overall concept of, of Seasteading is really interesting. You're adding to the list, so I love Harry Potter. <laughs> I think uh, as far as business books, the pumpkin plan and clockwork, I think by uh, Michael McCallowitz, I think are fantastic. Anyway.
0: You, you bringing up <laughs> Harry Potter on the show is going to make uh, Robbie and John both so happy. So they're, they're, <laughs> so if, if the calendar's empty, you mentioned four-year-old son, it probably takes up quite a bit of the time, but what does Derek do to recharge? What does that work-life
1: balance look like? Yeah, well, this, there's a four-year-old son, a, a two-year-old girl and a five-month-year-old girl. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, hmm. Something that my my wife and I really enjoy, good food. Actually, yesterday was my birthday, so we had, like, three delicious meals. It's pretty much what we did for my birthday, was eat food. <laughs> so I go to a restaurant, you know, maybe build some robots with my son, like, outdoor stuff. He uh, got a pretty good at skiing this winter, so that's there's good skiing around here in Utah, so... Well, we yeah. will link
0: to everything we talked about today in the show notes. My last question for you is: Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share, or you know, an ask of our uh, viewers and listeners?
1: You know, I, I think when it comes to thinking about credit union websites, rather than thinking about it is uh, a website is solely a cost, thinking about it as an investment because you know something that's just a cost you put money in and you're not expecting to get anything out but instead if you think about your website as an investment you put money into it but then you actually look at the the performance of it you look at your conversion funnels you and actually with analytics be able to see how many loans accounts and members are we getting through this website and what is the what is the financial value of those loans and accounts and th- when it, when you get to that, you can actually start to calculate the return on investment that you're getting from your website, which we found for any credit union with over a hundred million in assets over the life of that website, uh, it really mm-hmm. should be producing millions of dollars for the credit union in terms of the loans and deposits that are getting through it. But so I, I think if, if we had a, like a Bloom's, you had a, like a mission for uh, what we're doing with credit unions, it's, Turning a a credit union website into stop thinking about it as a cost. Think about it as an, as an investment.
0: I, for years, have listened to the Tim Ferriss show and all that I can the podcast and all I can th- keep thinking in my head is he used to ask the question: If you had a billboard, what could it be? If I asked you the question, if you had a billboard you could put it right in front of GAC. What would it be? Right, like <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, thank you again, Derek, for being on the show today. Well, I, I look forward to once we're all running around again and to see you in person. So, you know, I, I appreciate this greatly. Stay well, my friend.
1: Thanks. Good to talk to you, Randy.